Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions or get back to you just as soon as we are back in the studio again. Well, today's Monday. Doug, how was your Mother's Day? Well, again, I happy, guess I should say your yeah, wife's Mother's Day, yeah, not really yours. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. Some guy, one of my friends texted me and said, Happy Mother's Day. He meant it for Lord, but it came to me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's kind of weird. I'm like, what are you trying to say, it's man? It's better than birthing person day, <laughs> yeah, right? right? I mean, like, uh, isn't that crazy? Uh, uh, so, anyway, um, uh, I just... Uh, You know, it's kind of a weird time for our country. I mean, you know, I make a joke about that uh, birthing person. I don't even remember what they said, but somebody on one of the news networks put that out there. We're just living at a a crazy time. I mean, like, uh, the you know, Lutherans elected the first transgender bishop in the United States. What? Yes. Uh, You know, (laughs) you... you, uh, I mean, Martin Luther, uh, it, he would he would have a duck. <laughs> I mean, he really would. I mean, uh, you know, uh, but back in 1988, you had three very liberal um, offshoots. They were Lutheran, but they're like progressively liberal offshoots that um, formed what's now known as the ELCA. And they have three million people. Three million people go to church to hear about Jesus but it's very progressive liberal. Um, I mean, I was like, what's the point, right? Yeah. Um, the denomination uh, has 9,000 different churches. That's a lot of churches, right? Um, but they uh, they just elected the first openly transgender bishop of any church in our country. And uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, you know that back in 1970 they ordained women into leadership which again my friend um, who has done some consulting with churches told the church one time if you start going away from god's standard here it's going to lead to other things and now it has Uh, uh, that's what that's that's why god has set a standard for leadership in the church it has nothing to do with value it has to do with design and, um, you know, um, now they, uh, regularly allow the ordination and service of openly LGBTQ people. And now they've done a transgender person. So this is, this is somebody who is not only wearing feminine clothes, but, you know, dressing and it's just, it's just going against their designed and and god given biological makeup yeah and so uh i think we've hit a new low <laughs> a new low uh you didn't think you could get worse but this is the debased mind romans one talks about uh and uh, you know and now the southern baptist 
uh, denomination is looking at um, voting whether women can be pastors and preachers and leaders in the church too. Mm. Um, and that's going to be polarizing because we live in a time where, you know, uh, because it, 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 the whole patriarch thing is being shouted even in that, uh, you remember the CIA uh, commercial, oh, uh-huh. they talked about patriarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a biblical word. Or I mean, biblical in the sense of concept, the patriarch was a good, benevolent leader of a faith community. But see, that's being wielded as a negative thing now, mm-hmm. um, because people do not like uh, and they go against God's design, which is really uh, why Stephen. You know, we're we're looking at Stephen this week, and why he was he was uh, killed was because he was speaking out about Messiah. They rejected Messiah, uh, and he goes through a whole list of arguments we're going to look at this week about how they rejected other people. This has been going on for a long time, so none of this stuff is really new in our culture. It just kind of gets reformatted and has more of a tech uh, Mm. feel to it because of technology and everything, but it's uh, the same old stuff. And, um, you know... Uh, even I don't know if you saw this stat the other day too. They were talking about how our birth rate has declined yeah. so great. Uh, yeah. Even after everybody was locked, uh, you know, locked down for a whole year, the birth rate still went down. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, they're going down because it says also people stopped taking baths, baths during COVID and showering. They stopped being what? Yeah, it said there was a study that said people stopped taking showers and baths every you know as much. Because they weren't going to be around people. So that's what, I don't know. Let's don't go there. We won't go down there. Uh, This is a uh, Christian radio program, so we're going to keep that. By the way, uh, again, happy Mother's Day um, yesterday. Mothers serve a very vital role in uh, in God's design. Uh, They are uh, not only a helpmate to the, the father of the family, uh, but they also serve as a nurturer for the children. And uh, mothers have a unique ability to be able to empathize in ways a lot of times dads don't. <laughs> right. Dads compartmentalize, go out, hunter-gatherers, they go and bring stuff in and take care of stuff. And the moms feel the pain of their kids. They feel the hurts with their kids not that dads don't ever but you know i'm just saying this god just made us different we are different by design and so um i celebrate my mom and uh, i know you celebrated your mom and uh, we're very grateful and i'm grateful for my wife and you uh, are for ari as well and it's a blessing and uh, you know i told my wife yesterday that uh you know our children are very blessed even if they don't realize how much you've invested yeah uh it doesn't take away from what you've invested and i think sometimes you have to go through a long time in life to really realize all the things that your mom and dad put into you and the the efforts that it took because you just aren't aware of it uh at a young age are you yeah i think you know you go through you know different phases of 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 appreciation for what your parents do and what your mom uh has done for you you know when you leave the house that's obviously one and you're on your own and then when you get married and then when you have kids of your own you know you you start to realize so much more of 
uh, what really was the cost of of raising me up to be, uh, you know, who I am. And so you, you become more appreciative as time goes on and as you get to, you know, you get to an age, you know, like I'm what I'm going to be 32. I remember my dad when he was this age, you know what I mean? And so it, it gets uh, you, you also relate to your parents on a different level when you you get to where they they were at in life and you remember them being at that place. So, yeah, it's definitely um, a progressive. Uh, uh, what what would I say? It, you, you gain a, a new perspective as you go along, for sure. Well, uh, I also wanted to bring out another <clears throat> an LGBTQ thing that is just, you know, for all you folks out there that love Disney, I know there's a lot of Christian people that like Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know people that go every week almost that live here in Florida. They got mm-hmm. a Florida pass and mm-hmm. they take their kids down there. They love that. And I was talking to a guy the other day about how now they're allowing the employees to wear a lot of uh, the pro-LGBTQ stuff, like stickers, pins, and those kind of things. And uh, could you ever imagine them allowing people to wear Christian T-shirts in there? Uh, That say, trust Jesus, he's the only way, or something? They They wouldn't do that. Right. Um, uh, but that's the world system, you know, we live in, but Disney just unveiled the rainbow Disney collection. You know what that is? Yeah, Have you heard about it? Mm-mm. It's actually a bunch of products that Disney selling with their name on it, with a rainbow, um, on it. Mm. And, you know, I uh, like they, it's got love and it's got a Mickey with rainbow and, all all you know a bunch of different mickeys of different colors and you know what the rainbow's not theirs the rainbow's not the lgbtq god established the rainbow thousands of years ago mm-hmm. as his sign of his covenant and so as christians let's take it back don't be ashamed of the rainbow give it a new meaning don't or not not the new mm-hmm. meaning give it the the real meaning of what it is stop letting him hijack it you know um the the rainbow is God's covenant sign to the people of Israel. And, um, you know, they're, they're trying to hijack it. But Disney, again, is uh, just going down a way that every, every place else is in our country. Yeah, well, Disney's been, you know, a leader down that path for quite some time. I mean, it's not really a surprise that they're uh, doing what they're doing. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about Disney is how much, uh, you know, they own so much uh media uh, networks that we think of as being independent are actually owned by Disney. So as Disney goes, you know, those networks are going to follow. Yeah. Well, and uh, I just think, you know, if ever, I mean, Christians are not going to boycott Disney. I remember one time they tried, but it it just, those kind of efforts today, because Disney owns so much, you still use probably one of their services or one of their products. And so the best way that you can um, speak out against that kind of stuff is um, just talk openly about your faith. Talk openly about how, yeah, God loves people no matter what they've done, but he's not going to let them keep doing what they do against his word if they're his. And we live for Jesus. He's my king, you know? So anyway. Yeah, I think that's a that's an important thing to remember and to keep in mind. We are up against the break, though, so stick with us. We will be back back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, uh, when we go through the first segment of the day, we usually talk about the news of the day, what's been going on. Uh, and then we start to transition into uh, what we are looking at throughout for the week. And this week we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. Um, but before we get there, Doug, did you see that about the can- uh, pastor in Canada who got uh, arrested on the highway over the weekend? Yeah, I did. Um, the guy who told them they're Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. They finally got him, but it it was a third time. And they, but when they arrest him, you would have thought he was like a terrorist on mm-hmm. the streets. Yeah. The way they they got him, and, uh, and they tried to go to his uh, the church, and you know the the people there told him to leave. And then so instead of waiting until he came out of the church, they wait till they get him on the side of the road. And yeah. I don't know how you can do that and think that you're, you know, doing the right thing. It's uh, it's pretty wild. Well, I just wonder when it's going to happen here. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because it may. And I hope I hope you're well, prepared. It's happened in uh, certain parts of the country already. I mean, not pastors, but, uh, you know, people. I think it was in uh, Idaho, right? Where Yeah. Oh, yeah. Singing, that's, uh, that's when they were singing out yeah, there. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I, you know, I do want to go back to Disney just for a second because it, it is – here's the thing. You know, Disney has been um, supporting the LGBTQ agenda since 1990. That's mm-hmm. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, think, you know, they, they, they put out movies that are entertaining for kids, and a lot of their movies have some good moral stories in them. Uh, they don't do anything to, but they also almost every Disney mu- movie makes it about what you want to do. If you look deep within the theme to the movie, it's always has some sense of rebellion of a minor mm. <laughs> or a child against some mm. protective adult mm. in their life. If you go back and you look at a lot of them there, you know, but again, um, they also promote the princess culture, <laughs> which is, <laughs> 
uh, another whole issue that we we're not going to get into, but um, you know, um, as believers, we live in a world that's that's broken, and we're in a foreign land. I mean, even here in America, we've tended to view America as a not a foreign land, but as believers, we're aliens here. And so that means we're sojourners. We should not be too comfortable with anything really in our culture because our culture is dominated by a consumeristic, uh, individualistic worldview that seeks self-pleasure, uh, self-desire, self-ledness above everything else. And so for us as believers, we live here and we, we just recognize we are like Abraham, you know, sojourning over in Canaan or like, uh, you know, uh, the people of Israel living in a foreign land, but going to the promised land that uh, we're not there yet. And, uh, God's left us here to be a witness. And there's two ways. Um, well, there's lots of ways, but, uh, two specific ways pop in my mind we can just pull out uh, and have no contact with people that are of the world and mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, that are, that are following a lot of these trends or we can be engaging with our children and our families about, listen, this is what they represent. So you need to understand that when you watch these things or you read these things or, or you're into their movies or whatever, that those worldviews are subtly put in there. Mm-hmm. And if you look, I mean, it's amazing how when you go back and you look at some of the Disney movies, even like Aladdin or Lion King or those kind of movies, there's subtle little things in there that undermine authority. Uh, they talk about you are the king of your own ship. You know, that's the way it has to be. And the good parents affirm that. Well, don't buy into that lie, parents. I mean, it's, you can affirm your kids, but your kids are always under authority. Even when you you take the most powerful person in the human world that we live in, that person's still under God's authority, even if they don't acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. they are. And so uh, to allow your kids to have authority over you because you want peace in the home, uh, because you, you, you just want to be their friend is not the way to go with them. But that's what a lot of these movies kind of portray. Well, that's what a lot of people do. And, and the, the, the ironic thing about it is that, you know, you want to be their friend or you want peace in the home. You're not going to have either if you don't um, hold to your role as a parent and, and do what is your responsibility to do, which is raise your child in the way that they'll go. And if you don't do that, if you try to be their friend or they're going to end up resenting you most of the time later in life, they're, going to resent that you didn't you know rein them in and, and show them how to direct their energies well god did not call you to be their friend yeah he didn't put you in their life to be their friend that's a that's a relatively new thing in the last 30 years or so i say new in the last 30 years but um i know my mom and dad listen they they never really were intent on being my friend they mm. were intent on keeping me from killing myself keeping me to walk in a straight and narrow uh, because that was their role that I was a stewardship to them. Now on the flip side of that too, uh, you can really discourage your kids. Yeah. And the Bible's clear about that, about, you know, if you go to Ephesians, it talks about parents, how we should treat our kids and not, uh, not provoke them to anger. Mm-hmm. 
And, and what that means is, as we look at discipline, and you go back to Hebrews for understanding how God disciplines us, he says a father who loves his child is going to discipline that child. And so uh, my hope is, is that as we, uh, as we as parents in my family, we have eight children, and as we try to uh, instruct our kids and, and help them under, understand God's word, um, we um, we also kind of serve as a a coach to them uh, when when they mess up and help them try to see okay this has consequences but we have a tendency to try to save them from the consequences instead of letting them experience the consequences yeah. and uh, and what kids really need is consistency uh, and they need parents that are be willing to say, okay, you messed up. You and I were talking in the break about a young man whose um, parents, you know, don't hold them accountable. And um, probably uh, they, they, you know, we all want to spoil our kids, right? We all want your kids to, you want to bless your children and, and, and help them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you do that without any boundaries for them, boundaries are God's way of training us uh, to really follow him uh, because we no nobody has boundless uh, freedom. Mm. We all have boundaries in our life uh, so, and, and God's the ultimate one that sets those. That's why I want to say to people who don't believe in God, where do you get your boundaries from? Right. Yeah. Like, where do they come from? They don't, usually don't think too far into that but uh, <laughs> i mean really i mean yeah. like who determines the boundaries for for anything they would it, say probably society then okay so but that's really not true because society's made up of a lot of different groups so is it the strongest group is it the wealthiest group well that's yeah the, nietzsche know? that's what he came to is like if god is dead and you know, people are were saying that at the time then then power is basically all that there is and the most powerful the ubermensch the superman is going to be the one to you know rule and set up the new um the new um morals the new ethics so yeah that that is kind of a our modern understanding it really if people would come down to what they really believe about it or, or work through it all the way if they don't believe in god then yeah it's whoever's the most powerful is gonna that's dictate. ultimately what what happens right yeah. and so if you look at uh, socialist countries mm-hmm it, it, they they end up making these promises of everybody being taken care of, and ultimately what happens is there's one small group of people at the top that get taken care of, uh, and that's really kind of what we see even in our country, right? I mean, like, uh, there's no question about uh, the ruling class of yeah. our country. Yeah, we're, mean, we're starting to look a lot more like an oligarchy, I think, than what we were intended to be which is a constitutional republic and i heard someone uh saying uh you know basically we're uh, anarcho tyranny at this point which is that there's anarchy you know ruling in the straight streets but for certain segments if you're not the correct person you know it's going to look real tyrannical which you know those are two oxymoronic uh thoughts but it, it kind of reigns true if you look at what is happening uh around the country with certain people if your ideology is correct you know getting off scot-free for you know, destroying things while other people who try to protect themselves are, hey, we're going to lock you up. Or if you want to just run your business and the government says you can't, you know, 
like like the hair salon owner in Dallas, you know, hey, we're going to arrest you, but we're going to be freeing all these other people. So, uh, yeah, it's troublesome because what we see is that the the rule of law uh, is not, you know, it, it's not applied equally, and that's just going to cause more chaos and more division and more strife. Yeah, I, and uh, I mean, like out in uh, uh, you look out west, man, out in uh, state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's awful out there, and now. They're really pushing critical theory in the schools out there. All over, uh, really, but, though. Yeah, they are. But, you know, I, I, I read an article earlier today where there's a group in Virginia who's really pushing back against the local school board. And I really encourage you people, uh, whether you're in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, or through the Internet, be involved, get uh, informed about your local school board, ask questions. Ask him about, call and ask him, are you guys participating and getting critical theory and attend a meeting, go find out and then spread the word to get parents involved. That's what parents do. They get involved. Mm-hmm. That's one of the freedoms that we have here in this country. We don't have to have this kind of stuff forced down our throats. We can actually, you know, we can go and make our voices known because we live in a country that gives us that freedom, at least now. Yeah. And and if the the problem one guy told me is a lot of Christians don't get involved. Mhm. Yeah. They they just well, okay. And and yes, we need to pray, no question. But we also can act and participate and do that because if we keep thinking it'll be somebody else doing it, everybody keeps thinking it's somebody else and so you have this small minority like a 0.2% of the country that's really controlling a lot of agendas because they're at all the right meetings and no Christians show up. Yeah. And you know, my dad sent me something, uh, it was a devotional talking about how, you know, God, he might give us things, but it is incumbent upon us to act. You know, talking about, uh, the Israelites going into Israel, they still had to fight battles, uh, even though God had given them the land so that we should be praying, but there is still, we're in partnership with him. Yeah, exactly. All right, we are up against the news break. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio, that is Rescuer by Ren Collective. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17 this week, uh, talking about Stephen. We started talking about him, well, two weeks ago now. He first got his mention, but then last week we talked uh, about him exclusively, or more in depth, I should say, and we are going to continue uh, to talk about him and about um, uh, his persecution and his defense that he gives 
of uh, himself in the gospel. Well, he is the first martyr. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Stephen is the first martyr. And uh, he, here's the thing. We've been covering his life now. We've been in Acts chapter 6. This will be the third week for us. We're in chapter 7. But he was first mentioned in the first part of Acts chapter 6 when he was chosen out of thousands of people to uh, to be one of the seven that ministered to the widows that were getting overlooked. And how did that come about? Well, here's what's unfolding in Acts. Back in Acts chapter 2, we have the, un- the Holy Spirit poured out on the apostles. Remember, uh, Jesus in Acts chapter 1 said, hey, go wait on the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything. Just wait in Jerusalem. I have to go to the Father, and the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You'll be able to preach with power, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So they're waiting in Jerusalem, and then all of a sudden, one day, they're going to the temple, and they hear this swirling sound, this this like a, like a hurricane-like sound, and they just start speaking in languages, uh, known languages of all the people that had come to uh, the temple from other parts of the world because it was one of the big feasts. They had three feasts. They had to be in Jerusalem. And so the, the Holy Spirit is poured out on this particular feast, which was uh, Pentecost, which was awesome because something else happened about this time when Moses received the law after they had been out of um, uh Egypt, about 40 to 50 days after that, 3,000 men died in the wilderness there. And the reason they died is because they had gone away and rejected God. And here's something interesting happens. When Peter starts preaching, 3,000 people trust Christ that day. So in the Old Testament, you have the law given, 3,000 people died. In the New Testament, you have the Holy Spirit given, 3,000 people live. Coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, God is very um, meticulous about what he does in his word. And so he, he, is, uh, he is unfolding his plan. And when he's unfolding this plan, what happens is he, he ties things together that we wouldn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, he is very – why do you think they – how many times do they record people in the New Testament? Not that many when you get up in the thousands. And so they have to be going, okay, 2,980, <laughs> 3,000, wait a minute, and they would go back. So that happened in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter uh, 4, we see the first persecution of the apostles. They're arrested, told not to do this anymore, stop spreading this stuff in the city Uh, And they go out and they continue to do it. Acts 5, um, uh, well, they preach again. Peter preaches a second sermon. 5,000 men comes in, and these 5,000 men uh, trust Christ, probably their families too. So the number keeps just explosively increasing, and it leaves them with problems. Uh, The problems are they have people without jobs that are there that can't go back to their home countries. So what they're doing is they start selling their property and feeding people. And when they sell up and they feed people, they are being a witness of the love of this faith community to care for others. And they were caring for widows and the families there. But then Ananias and Sapphira decide, let's sell our property 
and we'll pretend to sell it for less than we sold it for. So it looks like we're giving everything, but we still will hold back some of our money. And God says, nope, he took Ananias and Sapphira off the face of the earth. That's how he dealt with the first sin that was recognized corporately in the church. Wasn't that people didn't sin before, but it's just this was a a real sin against the Holy Spirit. They were lying publicly to people in the body, uh, and and they were confronted on it. And she lied, you know, as Sapphira lied after her husband did. And so God deals with this first sin in the church in Acts 6. We see the first logistical problem really identified in that some of the widows were being neglected, the Hellenistic widows who were from outside of Jerusalem. And so it creates a problem of division. And division is always a problem for the church that we have to address. And how did they address it? They said, okay, let's pick seven men to deal with this because we have to preach. We have to wait. You know, we're not going to wait on tables and, and and logistically deal with all the logistics. We are going to uh, preach and pray, and we will get seven men who will oversee this. And they need to be men full of the Spirit, men full of faith. And the first name on the list was Stephen. And so Stephen, is that's where we're introduced to him. And then we last uh, week we went into his characteristics. Uh, the last part of Chapter 6, he was a man full of faith, a man full of the Holy Spirit, a man full of wisdom, a man full of grace, a man full of power, a man full of courage, and a man full of God's presence. All those things we saw in him last week. And then um, this week we're looking at, these charges that they brought last week against him, against uh, God, but he blasphemed according to false witnesses they brought before him against God, Moses, the temple, and the law. And so he deals with these charges, and his objective, first of all, is to hook them in, to get them to listen. And, And as he shares with them about the history of Israel, he answers these charges one by one in chapter 7. He deals with the, the blasphemy charge against God. He deals with a blasphemy charge against Moses, against the temple, and against the law. And what we see in, in Stephen's defense as he defends here, and by the way, the word defend is, is, is the word apologia, and uh, it, it means to give a defense of. You know, and he makes his defense. That word is used in the scripture several times with Paul, but it's a word we get apologetics from. And I mentioned on Friday this book, Tactics by Gregory Kukul, and uh, it's a great book in dealing with that, how we reason with people. But uh, Stephen actually reasons with the leaders of the Sanhedrin. He reasons with the people there. And it wasn't just the leaders of the Sanhedrin. It was also the witnesses, the false witnesses, some of the leaders from the synagogues. Saul of Tarsus was probably there. And so uh, what we're going to be looking at this week, um, the tomorrow and Wednesday, is really tomorrow we're going to focus on being a bold witness because we see this boldness in Stephen uh, and then on Wednesday, being a biblical witness, because we see both these elements uh, in chapter 7. But I want to take you back to last week, and we, we talked about death and how death really reveals who we are when you know you're about to die, when you're 
in a situation that's life and death. And I was having a conversation with one of my children the other day about a friend who was not really willing to stand firm for something. Mm. And I said, and and this is what I said. I said, you know, when something bad's about to happen, this person's going to bolt and run because you can see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can see it in them and you can see it uh, in decisions they make and other things. And a long time ago, a friend of mine said, he said, you know, you're foolish if you think you're going to die for Christ when you don't live for him. To think you would ever be put in a position like that. Now, we live in a culture, in our culture, um, there's no immediate cost to following Christ. I mean, people do it kind of, it's kind of like, okay, I'll follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they don't think about it. But do you think it would change the decision any for a lot of people in this country if immediately when they made that profession, they put themselves at risk of death by the local authorities? Oh, yeah, I think it would. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it would thin out the ranks a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, three million, right? It, well, it it would it would thin out a lot of people. I was referring the re- to that. I, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, but see, here's the thing: the uh, the Lutheran. Yeah, the, the, uh, I I caught that. Uh, if you missed the first segment, you have to go back and listen to that because we were talking about uh, a liberal progressive. And and again, you know, those people that worship in that progressive liberal church. There can be some misled believers in there, no question. God came for those people. He mm-hmm. came for people like me and Taylor. People were broken. Mm-hmm. The world is a broken place. None of those people are beyond saving. The question is, are they wanting to be saved on their terms? Because you don't come to Christ on your terms. You surrender to him on his terms. He's made it very clear in Scripture. And people think because it's free that you can come on your terms. That is not the way people respond to the gospel and and, and really have a relationship with God. And there's a lot of confusion about that in our culture today because of the consumer attitude that's on the, the receiving end a lot of times. And even to be honest with you, Taylor, a lot of the preachers – because they want so many people to be in the kingdom and they're so pragmatic. And by that, I mean, they'll do whatever it takes to try to get them in. They, they don't preach the gospel message. They preach a very man centered gospel instead of a God centered gospel. And so, um, death really, I, I, I think that statement that I had people write out, you know, I am his anything, Anytime, anywhere, uh, I'm fully surrendered to the Lordship of Christ causes a lot of people pause, and it should, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a somber thing. This is not just a, okay, I'm going to join the local health club. Right. I mean, this is, you're talking about acknowledging that you were chosen by the Most High God to be part of his family, and his son willingly laid his life down to purchase that for you. And so when he does that and you receive that, you're his. You don't own yourself anymore. You're his ambassador. And we'll pick up on that when we come back. 
All right, we will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who listen online wherever you are listening around the country or the globe. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our local listeners listening here at 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without. That is Austin French with Freedom Hymn. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17 this week, talking about Stephen. Uh, We just kind of started to get into that. We talked a little bit uh, about what we talked about last week, just kind of as a refresher in our getting in um, to Stephen now. If you would like to join the discussion, or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Hey, uh, I wanted to let our listeners know you really want to tune in um, on uh, Thursday this week. We have a guy named Owen Strand. Owen is a uh, professor. Uh, it's Dr. Owen Strand, by the way. Uh, he's a hmm. professor. Uh, he, he's. He, I mean, he doesn't just have his doctorate. He's actually a teacher out at Midwestern uh, Seminary. And uh, he is uh, just a great, uh, great guy. I think you'll really be encouraged. He's a senior fellow at the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Mm. Uh, He was formerly president of it. And um, he has uh, written, done a lot of writing for the uh, Gospel Coalition. And uh, he wrote um, a book called What Does the Bible Teach About Transgenderism? Uh, always in God's hands a day by day in the company of Jonathan Edwards. He does a lot on Jonathan Edwards. Hmm. Um, he wrote the grand design male and female. He made them uh, re-enchanting humanity, a theology of mankind. And he has a book coming out in July that you can pre-order. It's not out yet, but it's called Christianity and wokeness. How the social justice movement is hijacking the gospel and the way to stop it. Hmm. 
and I'm excited about having him on uh, on Thursday. So that's Owen Strand. It's S-T-R-A-C-H-A-M, but it's pronounced strand like a strand of hair. Uh, and uh, he's just very approachable, great guy. And uh, um, But really, on the issue of, of male-female design, because he's done a lot of writing on that subject and research, and also this whole idea of wokeness, I think you'll be really encouraged if you tune in. So I hope you'll join us on Thursday. And if you want to send any questions in before that, either about the whole uh, male-female design thing or on the whole woke culture thing that I could ask him, I'd be happy to try to look at those and and possibly get those to him and let him respond to those. So uh, that's Thursday. Uh, This Thursday, uh, the, what is it, 11th, 12th, 13th, maybe, I think? No, don't ask me. I think it's the 13th. I think, uh, yes, May the 13th. No, no. Oh. oh, no. Is that? No. Yeah, because today's the 10th, right? Yeah, today's the, uh, it's the 13th. Yeah, Thursday, it's the 13th. The, yeah. Thursday the 13th, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so anyway, um, have you ever heard of Owen before, Dr. Owen Strand? You know, the name, like when you said it, it rang a bell, but then I can't, couldn't place it, so. Well, you remember me talking about the, um, they're doing the uh, woke conference at uh, Denton Bible Church in mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. He is one of the... Uh, featured um presenters out there for that he's going to be sharing out there at that and um you know um i'll just tell you tommy nelson doesn't bring in people unless they're solid theological guys i mean he just doesn't he won't do that and uh, tommy's going to be our guest next week which i'm really excited about um he'll be our guest a week from friday so uh he he, tommy can't do a thursday interview so he (laughs) He's the only one we kind of deviate to a Friday for uh, because he can't. He's got a standing on Thursday. He can't get out of. So, uh, but Owen Strand this week and Tommy Nelson next week, and um, I, I think uh, they'll give you some good insight. By the way, if you called in Friday, so for Lorna Wesley Dougal, uh, your books are in route and they should be there tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, and that book was Tactics. Uh, so, Taylor, last segment, uh, talking about, uh, we were talking about death before we went to the break and just um, the cost involved in following Christ and really what it means to be fully surrendered. And I think when you go into a situation that you know is going to require your life, that the fully surrendered part is self-evident when you say yes. Mm-hmm. But for us in our culture, when we say yes to Jesus, it can be a partial surrender. Agreed? Yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, because there's really no immediate cost involved. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I, that's, that's why I introduced that statement at SWAT last week, or actually it's two weeks ago now, that has created a little bit of a stir and, and uncomfortability because people are having to evaluate, well, I don't know if I could do that. And I mean, if, if somebody can't sign a paper Hmm. that says I'm surrendered, how can that person then go in front of the Sanhedrin and do it? Now that doesn't mean that God couldn't give them the strength and grace, but I think one of the elements of the gospel presentations that we see in our country a lot is a very man centered component of what he came to do he came for you 
he came for you and it's all about you. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially like you say, especially here in, in this country, it's about what you get with and not really looking at, like you've talked about before about the Lordship and what we have to do in response. Yeah. So when, when the, when the Japanese surrendered during World War II, and by the way, this is not a hit against Asians, you know, now, now I, I swear I see 20 AAIP uh, commercials a day now with the Asian American uh, and or AAPI and Pacific Islanders. It's like, I, I don't know where all the hate crimes, you know, maybe we're just shielded from it down here. Well, there's an uncomfortable uh, component to that in, in that a lot of the people who are doing that uh, to them are other minorities, specifically, uh, you know, a lot of them are young African-Americans. Uh, so, But but what is what is spawned that? I don't even know how we got off on this, but I but there's so much of it. And I, I don't understand, you know, if it's just to take away from what's going on. I mean, we know ultimately Satan's behind it, but like. You know, I asked my daughters because I have Asian daughters. I asked, are you guys being discriminated against or people saying mean things to you? No, no. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough, but I would imagine it's coming from, you know, uh, places that are a little bit rougher. And, it seems to be New yeah. York, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the instances are either New York, San Francisco, or L.A., the big, yeah. what I would call the big hub cities on the coast. You know, yeah. uh, about you folks in Meridian, you seen a lot of uh, Asian uh, hate crimes there. I don't think so. Uh, it, it, it typically all this stuff comes out of New York or uh, San Francisco, L.A. But, uh, but you know, getting back to what we were talking about with the uh, the whole cost thing and, and, and the way we share the gospel, people leave out. Uh, oh, I know where I was going. I was talking to you about the, the Japanese. Uh, do you think the Japanese came to the boat? to sign their surrender going, okay, what's in it for us? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you think they did that? I mean, except and beyond not dying anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. When you surrender, when you surrender to a greater power because you're at war. And by the way, if you are not part of the body of Christ, you're at war with God. Mm-hmm. Scripture's clear. I think that um, scripture's clear about that and um, uh, that when you're at war and you surrender to him, you don't go to him and say, okay, you got to do this for me. You go to him because of what he does offer you. He offers you life. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, okay, we want to stop dying. Yeah. Okay. And, And so we surrender to him and he gives us this incredible gift of being in his family and being, you know, I know this is probably a terrible analogy, but you know what Rome used to do? Whenever Rome would conquer a place, they would conscript the people then into the Roman army, right? They they would, in effect, become Roman soldiers, uh, and uh, that's what they did. You You would either become a slave or a Roman soldier. Uh, right i mean for most part i mean when rome would conquer they would fill their soldier ranks in that local area with people from that area right yeah i mean they they had a, like the auxiliary troops yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that yeah there, there was a significant amount of that uh, you know it's you know you're gonna get me to nerd out so i'll just leave uh, it with that but yeah <laughs> no, you, no, no, th- no. that is something that no happened, but so yeah. so what i'm saying though is 
most people, when they think about their Christian life, they do not think about anything that's involved for them except what they get Mm. in this country. And that's what I'm trying to say is we, we don't see it as we're in it to give. He, he brings us in to be his priest. Well, priests serve. Mm-hmm. Priests are the people that are the go-betweens between unholy man and God. We're ambassadors, to use Paul's term. And so uh, we don't own our life. And so we serve him, and uh, we, we're in debt to him. He is our master. We are his slave. And that word was left out of basically every translation of the Bible uh, since the 1600s because of the baggage to, attached to being a slave. But the, the whole slavery thing is, um, I mean, that, that word means slave, doulos. I mean, it means a slave-master relationship. And most people bring uh, a very, what I would call a Western mindset to their relationship with Christ, to the fact that, okay, now I know I'm going to heaven and I'm, I'm covered so I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't treat his lordship as an important part of the whole salvation process. Yeah. And you, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I think that we need to be more focused on um, submitting to the will of God and, and making sure that we are doing uh, his will and not just sitting in a pew on Sunday. Yeah, so tomorrow read Acts uh, 7, 1 through 17, and we're going to unfold being a bold witness and a biblical witness in how Stephen did that tomorrow. All right, so make sure you tune in tomorrow. You have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening